What's up everyone in the Patreon group? I'm gonna try this again today. If you guys follow what happened last week, last Friday, that was a mess. I was very frustrated, very, very upset. <laughs> I spent a long time working on the, the video and the audio for last Friday's episode where I went through different leftist talking points that I just wrote down and decided I was going to talk about them kind of randomly. And I talked for quite a while, put out the episode and something happened with the audio. I don't know what it is and I can't really fix it. So <laughs> I'm just going to do it again. So that's just for everyone in the Patreon group who listened to some of it and then found out that, uh, well, it was messed up. You probably found out about the same time that I did. No, I don't listen to all 40 minutes of the episode before I put it out. I just listen to the first few, make sure it sounds good. Boom, put it out. There it goes. Well, that didn't work out that well on Friday. And also, I was trying to make videos and all kinds of stuff. You know, Charlie's gone. I'm trying to make all kinds of, all kinds of great stuff. So anyway, this is going to be for you Patreon supporters getting this earlier today. And then I'm going to be cutting videos and putting out an episode later afterwards. And if you are not, obviously, I'll just put this on the podcast as well. If you're not a Patreon supporter, well, then go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Got a couple new supporters this weekend. Thank you guys so much. Cannot say thank you enough. So here's what I'm going to do. I just wanted to have a real simple, simple conversation. When you're debating online, stuff like that being a keyboard warrior, as a lot of us like to do. Well, maybe you need a couple good responses. I'm just going to tell you what my initial responses are. Just kind of off the top of my head to some of these random leftist talking points. And uh, I'm going to kind of do, I wrote them on some, some post-it notes here. See, I just got some random stuff here on all these post-it notes. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to select one of them at random. And then we'll just start talking through some of these points. Let's see what we got here. Are there two stuck together? I'm not looking. I'm not looking. What do we got? Lockdowns. Okay. Let's talk some lockdowns real quick. So the number one lefty talking point that we're going to talk about today is going to be the lockdowns. Now, here's the deal. I've been talking back and forth with some people on this. And the, the most common thing is, well, shouldn't we lock down some just to make sure that our hospital systems don't get overwhelmed? Now, of course, that's what the original 15 days to slow the spread or flatten the curve or kill the economy or whatever the original slogan was. I can't really remember what it was anymore. It was so long ago, right? It was so long ago, right? And that's still, still what we're doing. We're still in 15 days to do whatever it was that we were supposed to be doing. It's still happening right now. Now, the hospitals are getting full. That That is happening. Now, full, it's a little bit of a relative term. We have to be able to differentiate first off when we're, when we're talking and, and ask people to pull this up for you because they're the ones saying that they should be able to lock down your entire life and force you to stay in their house. So first off, in, in your house. So first off, um, it's on them to make the case for why they should be able to force you to stay in your house. All right. You don't have to make a case for why you should be able to leave your own freaking house. All right. It's on them to prove that. So ask some questions. That's always the better thing to do is ask questions. 
Okay, well, what is the hospital capacity at right now? What, what are we, what are we at? 85 percent, something like that. Okay, what do we normally run as far as the ICU? What's it? What is it normally during this time of year? Just see if they can see if they can answer that. Is it more full than normal? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, okay, when it comes to capacity, what do you mean by capacity? Do you mean that the hospital's literally, literally out of beds? Like there aren't any more beds? The whole thing's full. They're having to use the hallways. Uh, they're setting up tents outside that actually need to be used, all that kind of stuff. Is that what's going on? Um, or are we talking about staffed beds right now? We're talking about staffed beds. That is more so a shortage of nurses. And we should do everything we can to get as many nurses out there. I saw some states are actually trying to bring back retired nurses right now. I think that that is a really good idea. We need to be doing everything we can to get as many nurses on the job as possible because we need staffed beds. See, a lot of these hospitals aren't actually running out of physical beds. They're running out of staffed beds. So I liken it to, you know, I was a server for a long time and uh, say I worked at Olive Garden. I worked at Olive Garden for a couple of years. I worked at Red Lobster before that. A lot of these big restaurants, listen, I know that this is not uh, being a nurse at a hospital, but you'll see where I'm going here. Um, you are allowed to take three tables at a time. As a, as a server when you worked for Darden, who owns Red Lobster and Olive Garden, or did at that time. I don't know if they still do. And you were able to take three tables. So if there were two servers there, then there were six tables available in the restaurant. Now, does that mean that if five tables come in, I can come in and say, Olive Garden's only got one table left. That's it. We've only got one table. No, there is a hundred more, but they're not staffed. All right. There needs to be more servers because they only allow you to take three tables. So that's kind of the same thing that's going on with nurses. There's only so many people they can take care of at one time. So there's only so many beds that are available to be used at that time, according to the amount of nurses that are available. We need more nurses. All right. That's, that's one thing we need. Secondly, that was all one right there. Um, second, When did it become okay for people to be able to force you to stay in your house? Like what? So if someone does ask you like, well, don't you think that it would make sense for us to at least do, okay, hold on. That doesn't matter. Can this even be done legally? Can this actually happen? Can you actually force people to stay in their home? Can you do this? I don't want to argue about what the numbers would be if we do that. Um, shocker, there's not, a, there's not a big difference between places that lock down and don't lock down. In fact, some of the places that have the worst spreads are places that have been locked down for almost this entire year. We don't want to talk about that, right? We don't want to talk about that. Is it even legal for this to happen? Is this constitutional for this to happen? Is this okay for a group of people to group together and tell someone that they have to stay in their home? That they can't walk their dog outside? Is that actually okay? All right, so you might be arguing about something that uh, isn't even possible anyway, and there's not even really an option. Well, wouldn't it be better if we just, sure, I'd rather just everyone have a billion dollars of their own, and they can each buy their own private island, and that would be perfectly fine. Wouldn't it be better if we did that? Okay, well, it's not an option. So let's not talk about things that aren't, in fact, things that are even possible to do. All right, not, let's not just go over ideas that make you feel like you did something. Good Lord. Not only that, 
what about all the negative repercussions from blocking down? Can we weigh those in? What's the mortality rate? You know, how much are we spreading? What's the mortality rate versus what happens when the economy is destroyed? What happens when people lose all of their personal connections? What's the suicide rate go to? What's the heart disease that your heart attacks, strokes, all that stuff going to when people aren't going to their checkups? What's the, uh, what's the rate of cancer? How many people are dying from cancer? Stuff like that. Um, can we weigh those numbers in? Can we, can we actually weigh those numbers into a lockdown? What if it turns out that more people would be harmed from the lockdowns, which is actually the case, than doing the actual lockdowns themselves? You know, what if that were the case? Can we mix that into the conversation? No. People just want to feel like they're doing something. Don't let them do it. They're not. They're killing people. That's what they're doing. All right. Make sure that they know that. All right. Let's go through some of the other stuff here. I'm just going to shuffle through these. I'm not looking because they're all facing you guys here on the camera. Um, what do we got? Student debt cancellation. All right. All right. Student debt cancellation. Now, this is one. I mean, it hits home for me. I still got about $20,000 left on my student loans. That's a, that's a bill that gets paid. I'm still paying them right now, even though they're deferred or whatever they are uh, during the crisis pandemic that we're going on. I'm still paying them because it's a debt that I took out. Although there is that nagging feeling that I'm wasting my money because it's just going to get canceled. And every bit of money that I'm throwing at them right now doesn't matter whatsoever. So, of course, that's happening. You think that's playing into anyone else's decisions right now, too? to not pay off their loans because they think they're just going to get canceled. Yeah, it is for sure. So there's a few things here. Was it 1.6, 1.7 trillion dollars that we're talking about? One of the common things I've heard so far as well, if we can cancel taxes through the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act for the rich, then we can cancel student debt for all these students. That's a really stupid argument. It's really really stupid argument to make because those two things uh, are do not conflate together whatsoever. That's a terrible analogy. I hate it when people make terrible analogies. I hate it. All right. Canceling taxes. That means that that amount of money was just a given that you were going to pay that and that you owed it somehow because you exist. Um, that doesn't make any sense. First off, because it's not a given that you were going to make that money. To begin with, see, you can't have automatically owed this random amount of money pulled out from the congressional budget office or whatever. You can't just automatically owe that amount of money because no one knows whether or not you're even going to be in business at that time. Just ask 30% of the small businesses. All right. So the, the time that they came up with how much money the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was going to cost us in cutting taxes, how much it was going to save people in their tax cuts, that was based off of um, back when we had a normal economy, too. So we need to redo those numbers, first off. Second, um, telling someone that you're going to steal less money from them in the future is not the same thing as asking someone to pay for a service that they've already received in the past. Those are two different things. So you're, you're saying, I'm going to take this much money from you by force, Throughout over the next 10 years, 
without any, you don't want it. There's no due process here. All right. You're not really consenting. I'm just going to take it by force. Actually, it's just at the whim of whoever is in power at this time. It's not even a specific amount of money. All you need to know is that we're going to take it from you and you've got no legal redress whatsoever. And uh, we're going to take this much. And then you say, you know what? We're going to take a little less than that. We're still going to take some without your consent. You, you don't have any say in it. Um, we're still going to take some. Just a little less. All right. That's not the same thing as asking someone to pay a contract, a debt that they willingly took out and received a service or a product in return for it. People spent their time performing a task that that person was paying for or that someone was paying for and they're supposed to pay you back. That's not the same thing as telling someone you're going to steal less money from them for something that you may or may not provide to them in the future. Come on. Not the same thing at all. All right. And then what are they going to do? They're going to cut 10,000, 50,000. They're going to cancel 10,000, 50,000. What's it going to be? That's not going to work. They might do it. It's going to be, it's going to go over very, very poorly. There's a lot of students who have $250,000 in debt. There's a lot of students who have $20,000 in debt like me. Well, if I get all of my debt taken care of and some other person who decided they were going to go to Yale only gets a little small percentage of their debt taken care of, well, that's going to be unfair, isn't it? Because it's not as easy as what everyone thinks it's going to be. Second, on top of this, well, 10000 50000 what about next year? What are you going to do next year? You're going to cut 10000 50000 whatever it's going to be off of everyone's bills right now. It's going to cancel for a lot of people. What about people who decide they're going to school next year? Do they get 10000 50000 This doesn't work without public college. It doesn't work without deciding that the federal government is officially going to provide a higher level education to people. If you're not watching the video, if you're listening on the podcast, higher level got a very specific lower level look from me at that time. This also just benefits a lot of people who are in the top 20% of income earners. Um, a lot of people who go to the colleges that cost so much money are people whose families have more money or they've got more money and, or they're going into a really good field where they're probably going to make pretty good money. It's actually kind of crazy doing this cancellation helps the rich more than it does the poor or the potentially rich someday anyway. And then there's the old sad fact that you're going to pay for it anyway, whether it's canceled completely. Now, people don't want to, people don't want to know this and they don't want to accept it because it feels better to not accept it. It feels better to act like it's been knocked off, but you're going to pay for it still. You're going to pay for it through whatever means they take the money because they already paid out the money. The money's already gone out into the economy. It's already gone to administrators and professors and aquatic centers and, and commons areas and all kinds of crap like that, safe spaces, all kinds of stuff like that. It's already gone into those things. So uh, that is already in the economy. 
if you just simply cancel it and say that it's not going to get paid back, it still has to get paid back somehow. It's going to get paid back through inflation or through taxation because it's money that the government spent. All right? It's money that they already spent and that they're trying to recoup. And if they don't recoup it from the students right now that actually received that service, they'll recoup it from them through taxation. They'll recoup it from them through monetary inflation, through consumer price inflation after raised taxes on the rich, the evil, evil rich. <clears throat> they'll recoup it. They'll recoup it somehow. So I'm not going to get into this whole acting like it's not going to be paid for. All right. There's actually nothing that's free. If you're the kind of person who pays 130 bucks a year to Amazon and then tells yourself that your shipping is free, then you're the kind of person who would think that canceling student debt means you don't have to pay for it. All right. If you're the kind of person that realizes that your free shipping is wrapped into the cost of what you pay them, then you'll probably understand that you're still going to pay for this and you'll end up paying a lot more. And so will your kids and your grandkids and a lot of people who didn't make a stupid decision to go to a $300,000 school to get some kind of BS degree. All right, let's talk about what else we got. Oh, how about a solution? How about a solution for this? Get the government out of it. Get them completely out. Now, with what the government is doing, what I would do first is make sure that the terms of the loan that the person filled out, whether it's the interest rate, whatever it is, that those are not changed with different policies, different administrations that come in, different congresses that come in and change everything. There are some people who signed on to some kind of deal 20 years ago, and they've just seen that deal change as Congress bought out their loan and all kinds of stuff happened, and Congress just gets to change the contract all the time. There are a lot of people who are only paying towards fees and interest. What I would do if I were the government and I were going to do something to help, which is one of the scarier things I can think of, is trying to get some help from the government. What I would do is I would make sure that the money that is paid in by the students goes towards principal first, that it actually takes down, <clears throat> goes towards principal so the interest is not piling up, so the fees are not piling up, so the money that people are paying in, a, a, a normal, reasonable amount of money, three, four hundred bucks a month, something like that, is not just going towards fees and interest. That is kind of dirty, especially coming from uh, the government who really doesn't have any money. They've only got things that they've taken from other people. That's all the government has. They don't need to be acting like there's some kind of a money-making racket because that's not what they are really whatsoever. And they need to make sure that people's money is going towards the principal and not just interest and fees. That way people can actually pay down the loans. After that, I'd make sure that the government has nothing to do with loans whatsoever. I would start having private entities buy out, buy out the loans. By the way, that will take care of Part of the problem, which is changing a lot of the interest rates, someone's going to buy it out or you want to have someone else take over that debt. Make sure that you sign on to a specific amount of interest so it's not fluctuating in any kind of way. That's one thing I would do. And going further into the future, what that'll do is it'll make sure that only people who need to go to college go to college because 
private entities are not just going to willy-nilly give money out to people who have no chance of ever making money in their lives. Sorry, that's just part of it. Um, this needs to be an investment in your future that is going to be recoupable in a monetary fashion. And if it's not, they'll know that. They'll know it. And here's what that'll do. That'll make colleges lower their prices. Colleges will lower their prices because they'll need people to be able to afford to go to college without getting a loan. They'll be able to finance it because it's so cheap. That's, that's what will actually happen. And that's what needs to happen. We need a deflationary effect on the price of college. The government deciding that a arbitrary amount of money can go towards college every single year just means that college is going to continue to get more and more expensive. Why would the price ever go down? Why would it ever go down? It wouldn't. It doesn't. Okay. The, the proof's in the pudding out there. Let me tell you what. All right. Let's go over what else we got here. What else are we talking about? I don't want to know what it is. I want it to be kind of random right now. Mm, this guy. What's that? That's a good one. Tax the rich. Ooh, tax the rich. Hope AOC doesn't see this. She's going to get in her feelings. <clears throat> Okay, so when someone says tax the rich, what do they mean? What do they mean by that? Because here's what, here's how the conversation's going to go. You're going to say something like, well, the rich already pay the, the largest share of the taxes anyway. They're taxed the highest. They pay most of the taxes. <clears throat> and what they'll come back with, you see people like Bernie and AOC, they've done a good job laying out this argument for people so they can never understand economics whatsoever unfortunately um th they've done a good job laying this out so what they'll come back with after you say well the rich pay the most taxes uh, and they actually pay the highest share of the taxes and all that they'll say well not amazon amazon doesn't pay anything like that okay well hold on are we talking about corporate taxes right now talking about corporate taxes are you talking about Rich people's personal income taxes. Which one are we talking about? Oh, I don't know. Just the rich overall. Well, personally, they already pay the highest share of the taxes anyway. Um, corporations, you're right. They don't pay taxes at all. So if you want to go to corporate taxes, we could just add that in here. Corporate taxes. Right there. Corporations don't pay taxes, even if they pay taxes. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> What do you mean, man? Um, they don't pay taxes even if they pay taxes because taxes are just an expense. Their, their consumers pay taxes. Whatever the corporation's taxes are gets rolled into whatever the cost of their goods are going to be. To act like that's not the case means that you've never done anything in business whatsoever. And it's okay. That's not your fault. But it is your fault that you say things when you don't understand what you're saying. That part's your fault, and you could fix that, all right? When a business has an expense, it goes into the cost of what their item is going to be so they can recoup those expenses and they can make a profit so they can keep going into the future. So when you raise a corporation's taxes, that's just an expense. It's like their, their electric bill going up. It's like uh, what they pay for shipping or whatever. It's just like all of those things. And it gets cooked into the price of whatever it is that they're selling. So they don't just, oh, we make 8% profit. It's the 
standard profit from a Fortune 500 company. We make 8% profit at the end of the year. And they just raise taxes by X amount. And you're like, hmm, X amount. Yeah, I like that. It sounds good. So they just raise that. And I guess that means we're just going to make 6% profit. No, no, that's not what happens. We're still going to get their 8% profit. They're just going to charge more for everything. That's just what's going to happen, all right? Because they need to make a certain return on their risk or they won't be able to continue on into the future. Just ain't going to work, man. So anytime you talk about raising corporate taxes, what you're talking about is raising prices. You're talking about taking away opportunities from people who work there, all kinds of good benefits that they could be getting. Uh, you know, For example, after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, HCA decided they were going to pay college tuition expenses for their employees, which is pretty good, up to, up to a certain amount. I think they pay like two, three hundred bucks a month, something like that. So they'll pay for your bill monthly towards your college tuition. And they sent out a letter saying, in response to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we're going to be reinvesting this much money back into our employees. So you raise corporate taxes, you're taking away opportunities for stuff like that. Uh, Walmart, after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, raised their minimum wage up to $11 an hour from, from 8 something like that. It's a pretty big increase in their minimum wage. And that was in response to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So <clears throat> what's the actual solution to tax the rich if someone says that to you? The rich already pay taxes, personally. I mean, that's the, that's the first thing. Now they're going to talk... They could talk capital gains, or they could talk personal income. The personal income taxes are the ones that they are more than likely paying a pretty good amount of. Or they're going to talk about corporate taxes. There's all kinds of things that they can go through to try and have this conversation. And at the end of the day, what really comes down to is uh, the business. You raise taxes on it. You're just going to raise prices. You're going to lower benefits. You're going to lower salaries. You're going to do all kinds of stuff like that. If they can't raise the prices on their goods, then it's going to stifle the actual growth of their salaries for people. All kinds of stuff like that, all right? And if people want to talk about, well, here's what they do in Denmark. They give people this, this, and this. Isn't that weird that we just lowered our corporate tax rate down to basically what Denmark's corporate tax rate is? All right? So you, if you want to tax the rich, that's... uh. That's that's one way to do it. Another way to do it would be to incentivize production because that's how we actually have all these things that we clamor over every single day. That's how we have jobs. That's how we have wealth that we talk about spreading around. There wouldn't be any wealth spread around if we didn't have the production in the first place. That's how wealth is generated. And the number one thing you got to remember here if you're talking to someone is uh, you've got the moral high ground, not them. They're the ones who want to forcefully take things from other people without their consent. All right? So you got the moral high ground, plus your ideas work and theirs don't. So make sure that you keep that in mind. I feel like a lot of times when we're talking to people, we've got a lot of people up on their, their moral high horses coming up and talking about all these ideas that have murdered hundreds of millions of people in the past like they're some kind of angel. It's crazy. Mm-mm. No. I'm not... Nah. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to. I'm not interested, man. I'm really not. Your ideas kill people. 
mine don't, all right? You tell me why they're better. And all of your arguments are wrong, by the way. But always listen to people. <laughs> you should always listen to people. All right, guys, I'm doing another one of these tomorrow. There's a few of those right there. I'm going to do another one of these tomorrow when I recharge just a little bit. And if you've got some you would like me to talk about in here, send them over. Send them over to nate at goodmorningliberty.us. If you've got some ideas for how I should just run through some of this stuff real quick, take it on in a very short snarky, smart aleck fashion, you let me know, okay? And I'll do it. I will do it. Send me over some talking points. Okay, guys. Patreon.com slash Liberty. Do it. And also, if you want to get involved in the stock market, go to mastermytrades.com. We got students posting pretty much every day now about how they caught this great move. I caught a 15% up move on a stock earlier. It happened in about 15 minutes. It's a pretty good move. I was gone the first part of the morning, but I know some other students caught some, some really good moves while I wasn't there. So we're doing live every day of the week at 8 a.m., except for today. It's a terrible day for me to say that because I actually wasn't able to do it today. Going live, analyzing the market before it opens, and then we are trading live until... I'm done trading for the day. Normally, it's just about the first half hour of the day, every day. And then there's over 250 videos on the website, so you can get caught up, start learning how to read charts, how to make, how to actually take trades, know how to do risk management, know how to get your mind right, because that's the most important thing. So that's mastermytrades.com. And if you tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your communist uncle that he's got a new podcast to listen to, We'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.